Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, Martial Arts Podcast. Hello again, people. Wow, another week has flown by. It's Friday again. Uh, time for another podcast. So, I um, hope you're all well. hope you've had a great week. Uh, lots of things to get through today. Um, our guest later on is going to be Mr. Gordon Bircham. Um Somebody who is inc- incredibly busy, as I said in the, the post I uh, put in the forum for this one today. Um, he makes me feel like I'm standing still, the amount this guy does. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's gonna be a, that's going to be a great interview, um, one to stick around for, for sure. So listen for that one later. So what's been going on then? Um, well, uh, this weekend just gone, we had the, the Kaizen show, uh, of which I am actually going to do a, a little review of in, in a short while. Um, but they've already started releasing dates for next year's um, events. So we've got the 6th and 7th of July, um, and there's been the teaser of, uh, of Gracie, they've said. Um, so you can sort of draw your own conclusions from that one. Um, but yeah... That that would be uh, that would be a fantastic result, uh, guest wise. So keep an eye out for that one for 2019. And um, they've also um, mentioned the possibility of an event in November this year, um, which would be really cool um, to have another. You can't get, in my opinion, can't get enough of these type of events and expos because it's um, it's always a great get together and, and always a good chance to um, for me to protect my students along for them to experience other martial arts outside our own. Um, so yeah, uh, another another good one. Oh, and just a real quick one on this one. Lucci did actually get in touch to ask um, that we thank everybody on his behalf for their attendance, for the instructors that took part, for everybody that went along and supported it. So so yeah, um, there we go, Lucci. Hold on for you. Um, the UK Martial Arts Show. They've actually started releasing some details now on some of the guests um, and. Whilst these things are always subject to change, obviously, it is already a fantastic lineup um, that they've announced. Um, so we've got Mark Stas, Bill Wallace, Chris Crudelli, Rick Yun, Aaron Gasset, and Master Sken already announced. Um, some fantastic talent and, and martial artists in there. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. So, uh, yeah, be, be, be good to, to keep an eye on the list as it develops and any additional people um, that are added to that as well. Um, We've also had the announcement that the new online magazine, Martial Arts UK, will be having an official launch event on the 8th of July. Um, For more information on that, if you speak to Mr. Bob Sykes, um, I'm sure he'll be able to fill you in all the details. I believe that Paul Barnett's taking care of the event, the launch event itself. So if you speak to one of those two guys, I'm sure they'll be able to help you out with information on that launch party if you're interested in going along. one now for us as a podcast. I'm very pleased to announce that, well, I am pleased to say that we will soon be able to announce um, details of our first sponsor. Um, I say first, um, until now, um, my own uh, website and online course, uh, onlinekicking.co.uk, um, has been, uh, well, we've been using the, the sales from that to help fund the podcast, but we now, hopefully, um, we'll be able to announce soon the details of our first um, independent sponsor um, just for the show, which is really cool um, in the in the short life that this podcast has been going. To be able to draw a sponsor this early on is absolutely brilliant. And don't worry, it will be in theme, in line with what we do. It won't just be some random mattress company 
or you know the the stuff that you sometimes hear connected to podcasts. I know we've got to sort of pay the bills and cover the costs, but it is always good when you can keep it in theme because you know if you're listening to a a, a podcast on fishing, then all of a sudden the guy starts talking about um, box meals that get delivered to his house. It, it is a little bit strange, and um, so we're going to try our best to sort of keep away from that as much as possible. Um, so on to our review of the Kaizen show uh, from this weekend. Um, I was there as an instructor again, and this time I took some students as well. And uh, the first thing that struck me upon arriving was how much bigger the event had become. Um, there was a lot more people there, for one. Um, there was a lot more areas. They'd actually got the entire outside area, um, as well as the uh, the inside hall as well. In fact, there was two halls um there was a lot more to do they had the um the axe throw in as well which was a cool cool addition the whips as well which you you could hear those going all day long people do it i don't think there was a a slot for more than maybe 30 seconds when you couldn't hear somebody uh, using the whips so that was a really that was a really cool addition actually something that i've not seen at an expo before and that sort of thing and with it being outdoors it means it's safe safe for them to do because obviously um they can just keep that area controlled a lot easier the event itself had a really good community vibe about it i was actually chatting to some of the instructors as well um i was teaching at half past 12 and did actually start on time as well which for an expo is really really that's a really cool thing um so yeah i, I started at half 12 and finished at half one um and i was still there at about between sort of six and six thirty um, just chatting and networking doing little bits of business and catching up with friends and it was a so yeah it was a real there was a real nice sort of community vibe about it um as an event and um yeah that was a really really good one in that respect um there was a fantastic opening with mr keith Priestley as well who did uh who did the pattern or form basai dai uh in memory of scott caldwell which was a really that was a really good way to open the show actually um it was uh, there was a section um an area a matted area or there was actually i think it was six areas but area one was um named in memory of of scott which was a was a really nice touch actually um and then uh, obviously although he has lots of friends uh, throughout the community uh, that map was reserved exclusively exclusively for his closer friends which i thought was a really nice touch as well from the organizers um now, uh, there's all, with, with events, there's always li- little things to work on. And I did actually feed this back. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I've had this cough now for ages. Um, but no, I did actually feed this back to the, uh, one of the organizers on the day. Um, and, it, and it's a similar thing, really, to what happened with the, with the UK Martial Arts Show. Um, some of my students have commented that um, although there was a... a, a there was so much to choose from. There's all these different areas and all these different names and instructors. There weren't. There wasn't any arts or disciplines connected to the names, so it was very tricky for them. Obviously, myself as an instructor and the other instructors there, we all know for the most part what everybody does, um, and we can kind of uh, say to our students, "Okay, go and do that. Go and do this." But obviously, once the day gets going and it starts getting a bit more busy. It's harder for your students to come and find you to ask as well. So, or, or you're already busy, or they're doing something. And um, it would be nice if the the lists of uh, the people teaching, it, even if it was just a, you know a briefly, if it just said karate or taekwondo or you know kickboxing, self defense, just something. Um, because I think the thing with it is, is um, yes, m- and myself anyway, I do say to my students, oh, you must make sure you go and look for this person or this person. We'll always advise them in that respect. But when they're looking at the list, I think a lot of I think a lot of students um, 
trained based on art so they're looking for a specific art rather than a person but again that's a that's a tiny if you can even call it a criticism i suppose it's a tiny thing to work on really um and something that i'm i'm sure will be rectified for the next one um so last week uh, our talking point was on on consultants um and there's no well it's not i don't suppose this is particularly surprising um the from the outset my uh, my plan with this podcast longer term was to um discuss and have conversations with other people as well uh a wide variety of topics all relating to martial arts whether it's teaching training or all the different areas i've already covered before and the subject of consultants is one that is is close to me it's, it it has been important to me in the past um, and it is one that I wanted to discuss as there there is there's no there's no getting away from it there has been a a boom this last sort of two years uh twelve months to two years of of people popping up and becoming consultants and as I mentioned in the show last week you know um there's i i I could just, just suddenly decide I'm a consultant announce it on facebook uh and then within a very short period of time be taking people's money um so having been stung in the past. Um, I wanted to share my opinions on it. Now, um, the result of this is um, one individual, for one, one, for whatever reason, has decided to block me on Facebook. Now, I know the whole blocking on Facebook thing it, it, it is what it is, and it can be useful. Um, but the disappointing thing for me from from that result is, rather than having a conversation, they've just blocked. And I think this is one of the bigger problems with the community as a whole is rather than us discussing these things and I won't I won't necessarily say issues but just having discussions on things is it's the way we we come to understand different points of view and different reasons just outright blocking somebody there's absolutely no need for it at all um I had actually uh, a conversation with a, a chap the uh, the other day who um he had a he had a difference of opinion on something that I'd um been discussing via a live video um, so he, he commented on the video, which was that's the whole point of it, the comment system. Um, and I, th- I thought, oh, that's a little bit surprising. So um, I, I contacted him. I reached out. Um, I put my point of view forwards. He put his point of view forwards. We didn't agree with each other. Um, but by the end of the conversation, I, I certainly anyway had a, a much better understanding as to how he got to that conclusion and why he thought the way he thought. Um, and then we parted ways respectfully. And we still connect on Facebook, and that—that's how, that's how as an industry really we should be going about things. Not, you know, oh, I don't agree with them, and just smack the block button. You know, that's that's just that's just going to hold the community back as a whole. Um, but really, I wanted to touch on that subject prior to going on to the next one because as these as I go through these different talking points over the weeks, I would love for people to come back to me with feedback. If you agree with me, that's that's fine. If you disagree with me, that's also fine. But that's the point of having discussions, you know. Um, if you just listen to something I say and go, oh, I don't agree with that, and then pff, block. Or oh, I won't listen to his podcast anymore. That, that's not the point of what I'm trying to achieve here, really. Um, it's to try and encourage discussion. Um, so the next topic, the next talking point is, uh, this, was, this one was actually um, 
brought on after a conversation that I had at Kaizen with a with a young young uh, young guy who was he was looking to become an instructor, and we were, we'd been chatting for a few minutes, and he he said, oh you know what is it that you do? And I said, oh I've got a I run a full time school, and immediately his reaction to that was, and it wasn't a personal attack, but his immediate reaction was, oh, but you have to sell out to become a full time instructor, um, and we had a conversation about it, and I thought it was something. You see the whole conversation thing. That's how it works. But yeah, we we had a, we had a chat, and it, I thought this is something worth mentioning, well, discussing on the show. So, do you have to sell out to become a full time instructor? Now, again, this is just my perspective on it. This is my point of view. <laughs> just a disclaimer as well. This is not me being a consultant. This is just an opinion. Um, for me, becoming full time doesn't automatically equal selling out. Um, it is completely possible to retain your standards and expectations it's just a lot harder to do as you as you scale things up as you go from you know when you go from 20 students to 200 students is it harder to keep those standards and expectations in place throughout it's harder work for sure because um that you you've got you've just got there's more people for one um and it, it, that I can see why and how people do end up selling out to use that phrase because because it is the temptation is there as the workload increases to go oh this is getting too hard how can I make it easier oh I could take this out I could take that out I could you know uh, make it easier to grade I could do this but the thing is with with some, with extra work with with hard work you can kind of set out your stall early days. And then it's it's everybody everybody knows what's what, you know. In in my school, my parents and my students know that I am super super fussy about people being at class on time. Now other instructors don't do, aren't so aren't so concerned about it, which is fine. Everybody has their own way of doing things. Me personally, I have always because it was drilled into me as a child when I was training. You aren't late for class. It's disrespectful to your other students, to yourself, uh, to the art, and obviously to the instructor. You get to class on time, and my and my students and parents all know this. Um, I set that early. I set that early days right when we opened in two thousand and three, um, and everybody knows that's an expectation. Now, if I hadn't done that, and then ten years later suddenly decided, no, this is a new ethos, this is a new way of running things, then I would have hit some issues because I would have had 200 students that have all been working to one particular way that now all of a sudden expect us to do another thing and that is where 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 you feel if you feel there is change that needs to be made you need to make it and that is where I think the whole selling out ethos the way of thinking has come about uh, because rather than necessarily making change or indeed making change to make things easier um, they're afraid to make change Going back to the first one, to make change to, to fix a problem, they don't. Um, and I feel that you know you have to be you have to either be prepared to make a change um, to to fix a problem, or or resist the temptation to change things based on purely on increasing your bank balance. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And with the increased pressures of running a full-time school, I can understand why people do do that. It is a lot easier in today's age to um, sell a... Let's let, for you, look at this in business terms. To sell a bad product 
okay um it is much easier to have a school with high numbers and low standards um because social media um people are becoming more advertising savvy now they they're having a better understanding on 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 how people uh, works with the whole psychology and approach to advertising and you can be a very very good salesman and an incredibly poor instructor and martial artist and still have a big um in air quotes successful school and I, and I can, so I can understand why somebody who's running a part-time school a very traditional school would look at a large setup and their and their poor standards and think you know how have they got 400 students with such poor standards well they had the, the these guys have a fantastic understanding of um marketing of 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 the 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 psychology involved in in using good marketing um and this in itself as i feel personally has caused a little bit of confusion from some people within the industry um people see instructors using facebook um to market and instantly go and i hate this phrase just for the record they'll go oh look it's a mcdojo and that that's just i hate that phrase it's just it, it, anyway we'll not get down that one today um, but they look at those schools and they go, oh, look, they're advertising, they're in McDojo. Okay, that's not the case. Okay, um, you can have, you can have the, you can be the best martial artist in the world with the best standards going. Okay, but if people don't know you exist, they won't come. And that is the way it is. I think we need to strip the ego away. It doesn't matter how good you think you are or how good you think your school is. If nobody knows about you, why are they going to turn? Why are they going to turn up? Okay, you can't just rely on, on word of mouth from students anymore. Those days are long gone. Okay, um, so if you can have a, if you can be a good instructor with good morals, with you know good set of ethics, with good standards, with good students, and then apply good marketing sense you're on to a win-win so if you if if you're one of these people that sees instructors um using good advertising methods and automatically assumes that they are a mcdojo to use that horrible phrase then just take a moment to look into what it is they're doing you know um is it just that they're being sensible okay um you, we 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 have a lot of things to consider. We have your you have rent, you have rates, you have wages for staff, you have insurance, you have all these different things. These need to be paid. So if you can scale your school up and retain those standards, then sensible advertising is well, it's a sensible thing. It's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? So coming up now, we have our interview with Gordon Bircham, who, as I mentioned at the outset of the podcast, this guy. Is always busy, always up to something. Um, so, so positive, as I'm sure we'll come across in the interview. Um, but before we go to the interview, um, let's just take a minute to uh, listen to this quick advert. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, so joining us on the line now, we have... Um, well, is a, is a guy that makes me feel like I'm standing still. He's always always up to something, always busy. Uh, Mr. Gordon Bircham, how are you doing this morning, sir? I am phenomenal. That's kind of my new word. It uh, has been for the last few weeks or a few months, shall I say. Yeah, I'm absolutely awesome, uh, loving life, and um, yeah, looking forward to the podcast. Fantastic. Um, so what I like to do with our guests whenever we have anybody on from a martial arts background is go right back to the beginning, back to the start. Um, how did you first get into martial arts? 
Wow, great question. Um, I um, I got into martial arts when I was 16, 17. And bear in mind, I was a very much a, a recluse, if you like, at school. I wasn't I wasn't very popular. Um, I was uh, bullied a fair bit while I was going through school, especially secondary school um, from one kid. And felt very, very low. Was always kind of the guy on the outside of the perimeters, trying to trying to fit in with everyone. I always felt like I literally was tagging along, um, and um, I was bullied a lot, like mentally and uh, very, very physically, uh, a, a, a period in my life which was a very um, scary and very sad time. I remember, you know, if I go back to my childhood at that time, all the way through school, I hated it really. Uh, I remember uh, riding home from school many days riding home from secondary school, getting home. And all I could be thinking of is getting in the house and I'd ride, uh, ride my bike home, ride up. I remember putting it against the, we had a, like a, a hedge, put the bike against her, running the house and going straight away, go and put what was a video, if any of you guys remember, a video <laughs> on. And, um, and I always used to make sure that it was like, you know, at le- uh, two hours long or long enough. Right. Um, and the reason I did that, I'd be sitting there watching the video. And the reason I did that is because I, I, I didn't want it to, I wanted it to go dark um, by the time it finished. So my mum wouldn't ask me to go outside because every time I used to go outside, I used to get beat up. So it was a very, very lonely, scared. I don't know. Lots of people didn't like me. I was very, I was very quirky, very different. And I, I just didn't, I just couldn't connect really. And I was very, very placid. And a very, very scared young man. So I started martial arts. I remember the day one of my friends turned up at the door. I remember opening the door now. He had long hair, um, a bit of a hippie. And he said, I've started um, I've started doing kickboxing. It's really good. Do you want to come down? I remember thinking, no way do I want to do that. Why would I want to do that when I'm scared to death? So, um, but in the end, I went down. Cause he, only because he went down, went down there, started it. And I kind of carried it on. And um, they were all better than me. And I mean, I, I used to, you know, go down there in fear, really. Um, and I just I started doing it a little bit and getting into the martial arts. Then we started sparring. And I, I remember so many times, like literally having tears in my eyes at like 18 years of age. Um, sometimes I would come to the class, drive my car up outside and I'd be, you know, and I'd be there with so much fear. Wow. Many times I'd drive to the gym and go to drive back, and I'd do this backwards and forwards thing. Where I was driving back, then go again, and go before I'd get there through fear. So I had a lot of fear, uh, well, tons of it. Hated getting hit, so fearful of, of you know, I, someone could tap me and I would cry. Wow. You know, it was that kind of thing. So it took me a, a hell of a long time um, to get into. But the one thing that my mom taught me that. Um, I want to share here is that you know at the time I had a bit of resentment when I was older from the way my mom um, treated me because like like beat up I'd run back in crying in fear and she used to hit me like she's go crack get back out there and push me back out and um, I had this confrontation all the time and scared of you know because I was going out and coming back in it was like this but one of the things my mom taught me and I'm so grateful to her was that every time you get knocked down, you get up because that's how you win in life. Mm. And I only learned the value of that later on in life, um, which I may share in this podcast. But um, so it was a very, very scared young man. It took me such a long time uh, in the arts um, to actually uh, believe in myself at all. In fact, um, you know, over that time, I started I started competing. Um, I remember my first martial arts tournament I had. 
Um, and I remember it was uh, uh, the Winspers, the world famous Winspers oh, yeah. um, tournament, uh, and people are phenomenal people. And uh, goes to this tournament, and I remember at the edge of the gym and uh, edge of the mats, and I'm there, and I'm thinking, you know, you feel all right, don't you? You've got, yeah. uh, you, you're not too bad. And I look over, and I swear to God, it was Bruce Lee <laughs> with the purple belt on. I swear to God it was. I mean, this guy had a purple belt on, which is kind of like, you know, middle grade. And he was doing jump, spin up kicks. He looked, he, he was he was Bruce Lee, but ripped like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was like, <laughs> oh my God. And I remember going on there and I think I must have got knocked down 10 times. Yeah. And this is in the points competition. And every time I got knocked down, I had this fear of death in me. It was so horrible. And I remember coming off that, throwing my gloves away in tears. Wow. You know, I must have been 19 or whatever I was then. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm not doing that again. But again, I went back in the gym again the next day. And that's kind of how it went. I lost for so many years. I used to go to tournaments every week and lose. I used to go literally nearly every Sunday. And um, it took me, and after a couple of years, I started to win a couple of ones, some of the, and got, you know, a, little, a few little, you know, local ones. And then I got into it and um, I won a European title. But all along this journey, I never believed in myself. I used to believe it was luck. It was the right competitor I had. I never believed in myself one little bit. And I used to win British titles and I ne- still didn't believe in myself. I used to say it was just a look. This is what I used to say about myself. So right. I used to have a very low opinion, low self-worth. I used to look at myself. I didn't like how I sounded, didn't like how I looked, didn't like how I, who I was, didn't appreciate myself. I had a very low self-worth. So... It took me a long time, but, you know, I had an amazing instructor in Alfie Lewis who who I kind of found over the years, and he really nurtured me. You know, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he's just an absolute genius. And he's seen something in me that I never seen, and he used to be in my ear all the time. Sort of, you know, he used to believe in me more. And I used to think, why is he inviting me up? He used to invite me up to the world world famous Mushinkai Dojo. And he just invited me up there and he trained me for free. Wow. And he used to phone me, like, he'll phone me at mad times, like one o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> and he'd just say, you come in and squad training and put the phone down. <laughs> And it's like, oh, like, okay. And it's like, okay, I need to go. And it's like tomorrow. So, uh, you know, and it would be things like that. But I always used to wonder, like, why he used to always invite me to things that he wouldn't. And there was no one really invited up there. So it was a, a really special time. I used to drive. I used to have a um, part time. Well, I used to work sort of um, full time in a business where I used to install computers. And he used to go drive around the country. So he used to invite me. Uh, and then I would just drive across the country. I'd always have my kit bag in my car and drive across. So I'd be all over. And I was very committed at the time. I used to drive from all over the country to go and train there each week, which was just an absolute pleasure. But it was a very fearful gym because he was just there, just world champions all over the place. But there's something in that that really helped change and transform me as a person. Mm. It took me 15 years of losing, 15 years of not believing. And then in 2012, um, I, uh, I I won the British title uh, against some great opponents, and then went um, to the World Championships in Canada, and um, and it was an amazing World Championships with some of the best fighters out there, it really was, and um, I, I I won my first World title, yeah. and that was absolutely i mean it's not that long ago but that was absolutely the the transformation for me i absolutely found mm. um what you know all them years of losing all them years of fear all them years everything i finally 
found myself and I, I'd arrived. Yeah. And it was at that point then I had this massive transition. I'd, I'd achieved my dreams and I went on to win three consecutive world titles from there, uh, beating some of the best around and, uh, you know, and, and sort of continue my journey and then hung up my gloves in 2014. So that's kind of my competition. But I, I, I talk about that a lot because I think it's a, of massive importance oh, yeah. to my journey, not just within the martial arts, but in my business and yeah. what I do. Because people see me where I am now and what I do and what I achieve, and um, they don't see like this, like this the iceberg effect. They don't see underneath. Absolutely. And it was so much personally barriers that I had that I had to overcome, and you know, it, you know, uh, it was just unbelievable. So that's mm. kind of my martial art journey, if yep. you like, up to now, and I'm very proud and privileged um, to have led the journey I have. Mm, excellent. Now. Um... For those out there that don't know, Gordon runs a very successful martial arts business now as well. A fantastic school with, with big numbers, but m- more importantly, brilliant standards. Um, obviously, your standards have been set all the way through, but obviously, uh, again, for those that don't know, your journey through developing your school to what it is now, um, I think people see you are, you are how, you, how it runs now, but perhaps don't um, appreciate where you came from and the journey that you've had with your school sure. so i wondered if you'd like to share a little bit about that because it's relevant sure so to- so where i am now the, the pains yeah for sure of course i can um, i mean you know like every martial arts instructor you kind of you find um the teaching so i remember taking over a club and um it was i, I think i was a brown brown i was getting my black belt brown black belt. i took over a club that had two members in it wow and it was in rugby and i remember um my instructor at the time said oh do you want to take over this um this class for me this guy's leaving i said okay and there was two members but at the time you see i was competing yeah so it was really just a bit of a fighter school so all i did was go down for two hours on a saturday and it was me basically hitting people <laughs> so, <laughs> that's basically what this was so we kind of over that year two year period or so and um, we ended up with eight members from two wow. in a couple of years because really all it was is a training thing for myself yeah um, i enjoyed doing it and um it was a little bit of a yeah full on uh, kickboxing thing really. So um, so from then, but we started um, we started attracting kids, and um, so I was like, oh actually, there's a lot in this with kids, and actually I'm quite a kid myself, and I could kind of interact <laughs> with them. So I was like, okay, I started to see it more as a business, if you like, as well as a hobby. So I opened up a, a, some more classes in some schools, went through the schools, started building it up, went to a couple of different venues, ended up having a about 50 odd members in a which was like a big sports hall uh, and we used to have like mixed classes in there and a few other classes and we had about 55 members i think in total mm. and uh, i remember i was I, i'd seen um i think it was the winsters at the time they had a martial arts center and um, i thought oh that would be amazing for me i could do that that sounds like a great idea so i was like uh, looking for a martial arts center so uh, we found an old sports and social club that we literally gutted and turned it into a martial arts facility it's only small wasn't massive yeah. and um we started teaching there and then i went i was then, then i started working part-time and then working on the martial arts school so it was a you know it was a long old road i mean for the first sort of that you know up to the having that six years of having a full-time center we um you know i've been teaching for 10 Six years of that, um, of having a full-time facility, it was a hard struggle, you know. Yeah. Bear in mind, I was 
I had lots of issues, lots of barriers, as you've heard already. Yeah. But also, I didn't have the business acumen at all. Yeah. You know, I was doing paper ads mm. because I could, because I was kind of funding it through my, because I was already working. I was putting paper ads in for £160 a week, quarter page ads. Wow. And they were the worst ads ever. I mean, I've got picture they're unbelievable i mean yeah, i've I was seen just, them <laughs> you, yeah, yeah and they're the worst ever like you know i you know as as a lot of instructors did you know you it was i've got to put my club logo at the top they've got yeah. to know who i am they've got to know everything that we do every the times they've got to know that we we cater for all these ages they've got to have my n- name email address the mobile number how they can contact us no images on the ad whatsoever just copy 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 to throw it out there and they were the worst ads ever. But here's what's interesting. We still got some people from them. Mm. But the ROI, return on investment, must have been was just shocking. Mm. right? But because we were consistent every week, we still got dribs of them. But, so that was my kind of marketing acronym, if you like. And then from you know, actually running a business, I mean, I was doing everything from you know, answering the phone to teaching the class <laughs> while I'm trying to do customer service. People were giving me money while I'm putting it in my pocket, and I'd say, Yeah, we'll never to order that. Then I wouldn't write it down, so I wouldn't know what I was ordering, and it was just this absolute mess. I'm sure many who may be listening to oh, this yes. understand that. You know, I call it the octopus arms, you know, you're just going around trying to do everything. And um, you know, I, I tried kept trying to do it, trying to make it work, didn't understand how to do it, and we woke up one day in my hand and I'd I'd lost my house. You know, we bought a house for 10 years that we bought and we literally had lost this house. It was just a real like gut wrenching feeling. And uh, I remember as a male just feeling absolutely inadequate. I thought, you know, as a male, we like to provide and protect. It's kind of part of our instinct as a male. You know, I felt we'd let my family down. And I remember we just, so we just lost the house. It was just horrible feeling. Um, And I remember, we had to go and get a rented accommodation quick. Um, so we, we got a rented house, which I just hated. You know, it was horrible. We, we had to get the cheapest one as well. Mm. You know, um, I went to the bank manager and I said to him, like, I just could I borrow £200 on, on top of the £2,000 overdraft that we had? Yeah. I remember him looking really smirkly at me yeah. and leaning back with his glasses on, leaning back, kind of just, he had this oh, horrible aura. And he said, I ain't lending you any more. You're not having anything. He goes, you will be bankrupt in two months, I think he said. And I remember just feeling, bang, I was knocked down. Yeah. But interestingly, at that point, I remember my mom, my mom in my head, every time you get knocked down, you get back up because that's how you win. And that was a transfer. I remember walking out of that bank manager's with my wife. And I remember thinking, you are not going to win this one. I'm yeah. going to win. So I remember it was a massive, massive change in the shift. There was that moment in time that everyone has, yes. and I was like, "No way, not going to happen." And I felt it as a challenge between me and his guy. Yeah. <laughs> not going to happen. Now the reality is, we should have gone bankrupt. The reality is, we should, but we didn't. You know, we just like right. We need to dig in here. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, you know, we had twenty-five pound a week to live on for food. That oh. was it. There's me, my wife, my, uh, my 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 kid, and we had another one on the way. Yeah. It was really tough, and my wife wasn't working, and because the kid was on the way, and you know, we and I was in a rental accommodation, and was gonna lose my ha- my uh, my business without doubt. We're gonna lose the martial arts. I was literally ready to cave it all in. I mean, bear in mind we had 55 members before we had the full time centre. In six years, we built it to 75. I mean, we were, we were that good, mm. and so, <laughs> so we had 75 members. We had about 2,800 pound a month. I still remember it. Yeah, and that was what we were taking in everything. And, you know, we were just trying, we were just surviving. 
and um i remember going out to different um diff- different uh, you know you're on youtube looking yeah, at yeah, advice yeah. i remember by time <laughs> had this they had this 90-day cash machine which was yeah. like a, a downloadable pdf so i did that and then i was in there like marketing funnel then but i got i was liaising with a guy called chris gill who, who i'm extremely indebted to amazing guy and um he was going back and forth, and then he had this. They, he said, asked about coaching. His email came through. I was like, "Oh, I click on that, find some information." Then they called me, spoke to me, and they said, oh, "Okay, we think you would fit our coaching program. It's a three-month program." I said, "That sounds amazing," and they said, "It's three thousand pounds." Wow. So I'm like, "Wow!" Hold on. <coughs> I, I actually laughed. I think and said, <laughs> "No, three grand." I live on twenty-five pound a week for food. That's all we have. We're on beans on toast most days with a bit of pasta. That's a no from me. But I remember thinking, and there was a trigger again, I've got to make this work. Yeah. So we had to, like, I, was like, I, I just knew, you know when you know, yep. there was a, a point in my life, it was either do or die, I had to do it. So I was like, right, well, I had sold some stuff that we had in the house, in the garage, <laughs> borrowed a little bit of money and paid this £3,000. We're sitting on the bed for the first call. As it must have been half 10, 11. Can't remember the exact time. Me and my wife are in the spare room of this rented accommodation. We're lying there waiting for the phone. Wait there. I think it was half 10. Gets to 10 to 11. No phone call. Oh, no. Gets to a no phone call. So he phones him up. There's no answer. It's dead. There's no phone. There's no. There's nothing going on. And I was like, oh, no. We've lost three grand because we paid up front. Oh, jeez. And I, they had no communication. But anyway... Uh, we managed to get hold of him at like half 11 he was stuck in a snowstorm <laughs> and he was he couldn't have no signal so he was just stuck so hence we didn't have that first phone call but we started coaching and, the, and he said what is it you would like and I remember the magic number for me was £10,000 a month he says what do you need what do you ask I'd love in the future you know in a couple of years to be earning £10,000 a month that would just be absolutely phenomenal so he says, you know, we've got the systems and process that will help you coach you, but you're going to get there as soon as you, like, apply all the things I'm going to teach you. I says, we're all in. So me and my wife just absolutely turned our business upside down, learned marketing systems, processes, and we took everything. We just ripped it all down from him. We just applied everything we did right at source. Me and my wife were working probably 16 hours a day. She was pregnant. Mm. We were on the streets. We were in the, like, leaflet in, changed how we did our marketing literally overnight, changed, uh, like, workshops, added more classes, Mm. created a new uh, four- to six-year-old program, our own brand, did all this. And then within two and a half months, we, we were earning £10,000 a month. Wow. And that was just absolutely life-changing for us. Can you imagine the difference it made to us? All of a sudden now, we were in the green massively. It was like, it was just transformational. It was such an exciting time. And that cemented in me the absolute importance of education, mm-hmm. of learning, like like becoming what I now call becoming a black belt in business. Yeah. And I just went on this and still continue today. I had a, bi- a business coach. I then um, acquired a life coach. Um, and I had this, I've had this ever since for the last 10, 11 years. Um, and just immersed myself in learning. Spent at least £200,000 on yeah. coaching seminars. Implemented, like literally just immersion, at full immersion. And on that journey, at least five, year, five of them years was about my own personal development about the barriers I had. I had a lot of deep uh, coaching to break down the beliefs that I had of myself. Mm. 
And that absolutely helped me on my journey within the martial arts as well and helped me become the person I am today. And, and really just absolutely take my business to a whole new level, but more importantly, take myself to a whole new level of, of, of belief. And now I get the privilege of helping hundreds, if not thousands absolutely. of school owners across the planet um, with the skills that I get to teach. Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, um, I had, uh, you know, after going through all of this, I had a, a light bulb moment at a property training event where I um, I seen where people were selling properties. They had like 600 properties, but then they had this training company attached to it um, where they were reaching millions of people. Mm -hmm. And I had this trigger again. There's this another trigger. All I thought was martial arts business mastery. That's all <laughs> I thought. The next day, I set up a group for martial arts business mastery community. And all I did was I just wanted to help martial arts school owners who were where I was. It was kind of like full circle. Yeah. And I've just gone on um, with that daily, um, just giving people, I have an um, absolute passion mm -hmm. for helping other people become more than they think they can, help them in their businesses, see their true potential, reach their dreams. It's my, I believe it's my calling in life. I really do. I think Absolutely. it's like, it's within my soul. I absolutely love helping others. So I went, went on a journey then of developing martial arts business mastery, um, creating some like, – just give, giving lots, so much content to people for yeah. free, helping revolutionize this business and bringing people together. So that's what I've got um, today. Yeah, that is, talk about that in a minute. Yeah, brilliant. No, thanks for sharing because I, I, that, that for me is an Im important part of what actually drew me to your services because as I've, <laughs> as I've discussed – previously um i did actually have a little piece on it last week um i've had i've had some bad experiences using um, business coaches and specifically martial arts based consultants in the past and it it put me off we've had this conversation before it, it totally put me off I'd, I'd been what i considered to have been ripped off several times and it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and um that that journey that you've just described for me is an it is so so important um that that you've gone through that because as I, as I was talking last week, there are a couple of I've come across some people that you know they just one day they just decide today I'm a business coach, yeah. and they've had they've had yes they might have done some training a little bit but they've had no experience that I mean g going through what you went through with having your school losing your school nearly losing everything and then having to build it all back up to where you are now that is invaluable I mean that 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 experience that being able to share that with other school owners. Um, I think, for me, it, that was that was what kind of, to use a phrase, sold me on, on what you offer. <laughs> Thank you. I think I think the thing is 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 with with what I I think the reason I can help so many school learners and that's why I help them because I'm not just a biz, I'm not a business not, coach. No, I'm, I'm a life coach. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, am yeah. a life coach. I get I have been through so many things, so many barriers, so so much coaching myself over the last 10 11 years that i have actually been on so many of the journeys people have been on and i can see where they're at and i can coach them through it because it's not a case just telling them something mm. you don't just tell someone how to do something you've got to coach them through it you've yeah. got to see what they can't see you've got to understand the person where they're at and then mold them and move them through that challenge because sometimes i'm coaching people the same thing for six months mm -hmm. because they have this loop where they're going round and round in circles and they've got to break their own barrier yeah. I know because I've been there. Yeah. I know what it takes. I'm not. I'm never judgmental. I can see it, and I, I have empathy absolutely because I know where I've been. So I think that's you know absolutely like 
to be they see this and 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 you know many people will you know copy and you know i i believe i've i've probably it's my own fault in some ways i've created so many <laughs> coaches and mentors and, and strategists within this industry that were never there until I set set this up a couple of uh, two and a half years ago, it was never there. Yeah. But because they'll see what I'm doing, they'll see it, and, they, and, and most people say, "Okay, I'll do that." And you know, it's, it, everyone has their own right to do what they want. Um, but you know, it's it, it's it's not as easy as it looks. And I think you know, when you've been through the challenges I have, and and and, and that you really do have an empathy for others. I do have a genuine love for people, like helping them achieve. Yeah. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing um, to be a um, to be a creator because one of the things that used to annoy me, for instance, was I used to get annoyed by people copying me because I'm so, I'm a bit like yourself there, um, Chris. I'm a yeah. bit I'm very quirky and I'm a very much <laughs> I'm very much a um, I identify I like the, with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like I, I don't like the mold. So I, like I'll go over here, I'll do my thing, yeah. and I like to stay away and do. I like to be a creator. I'm an innovator. That's what I like. I'm a disruptor. But what happens is, obviously, people see that and go, oh, okay, I'm going to have something. So they follow you, and then they do that same thing. And then I'm like, oh, go away. I'm going to go over here. Mm. So there's many times, actually, in the industry where I've done – I'm like, okay, I've gone to give it up. And the reason I've gone to give it up, is, and it's not because I've not loved it, it's because I'm very much my own person. So I've had to – again, I've had to learn myself and be coached on that externally to kind of realize that, actually, I've had to try and park that and go, actually – your you know my purpose and mission is to serve people which i love mm. now i've realized that actually as a creator when you're an innovator like i am I'm always doing something different i won't ever copy i'll only innovate it's what sure. i do yeah so you will always then find people who will copy so it's part of like it's part of it so i've actually now i'm actually okay with it now i have no problem with it it's kind of something that i step back and i just go okay it's just the way it is and it will always be that way if you're an innovator um it's one of them things I've just had, I, I can put up with. I can park it now, and actually, it doesn't it doesn't affect me anymore. So, yeah. which is a good thing. No, there is, which is again a, a, one of the qualities that I like in yourself. I mean, last last week on last week's show, I, I believe you actually I believe you listened to that that excerpt. I I just had this quick sort of share of thoughts on on my experiences previously with different people I've worked with, and uh, the, the 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 net result of of that was I have well. I'd actually discuss it at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I've been blocked by somebody in the last week, <laughs> um, and okay. and the thing with it is, is I wasn't, I, I didn't actually name anybody. I was just discussing my thoughts on the industry okay. as a whole and my experiences previously. Yep. Um, so that's now two people that I have been blocked by um, on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> um, which is it's, it's sad, really, because it, as I mentioned in the the, the, the piece earlier on, um, it, it, it's better to have conversations. Yeah, sure. And it is to just go. Oh no, I don't agree. Block. Yeah, you know, yeah, just have, yeah. just having conversation and with you. That's something that I've been able to have. With if if I've thought something, I can have a yeah. chat with you about yeah. it. And and, yeah. and if we don't agree, we can have a chat about it. And that's 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 how we learn. That's how we grow. Yes. Um, it's this part of life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the biggest things that I've picked up from you, I mean, this is the really cool thing about you uh, to work with. I feel is when I when I met you in my school, I'd already been running my school, I believe, for nearly fourteen years, thirteen, fourteen years by the time I first first met yourself. Um, and what was really interesting, I came on the first course, and there was people there that had been running for two months, for six months, for two years, for, and I remember we were sat and we were going around 
trying to, and everybody was explaining where they were at in their journey and it got to me and I felt a little bit like oh um, when I said I remember thinking everybody else is just starting and I've been here what, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I'm like but it was really cool because what I came away with from that was something that I'd never never had from anybody else before any other uh, coaches or consultants um, they were always trying to get me to change how I run my school to match yeah. what I was doing was wrong Yes. what they were doing was right and you didn't do that what I actually learned from you was to get out of my own way that was yes. the biggest thing that I picked up on I wouldn't yeah. be doing this podcast I wouldn't yes. have my online course yeah. I wouldn't have the amount of new classes in my school if it wasn't for the fact that I learned to get out of my own way so for no. me that was the, that was the, which I thank you for immensely that was the no. biggest thing that I, I picked up on not on yeah. cha- changing this procedure or that procedure that, that sure. is important of course but simply getting out of my own way was and I think, I'm, I'm really pleased you, sh- you shared that Chris because um, for, for me and, and that that epitomizes what I'm what I try to do is is, is and then try and say like my it, business is, is all about the person they are in their own way which we talk about a lot don't we I, yeah. you hear me talk about on my live feeds and my my new podcast that's coming up, but I think I think it's massively important that everyone is on their own personal journey and, and I'm a massive believer in this industry. You can't, you know, like, I really believe, like, you can't say anyone's way they teach or their style or where they are is wrong. Yeah, they teach him because they have a love and a passion for the style that they teach. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the way they are, what, what they are is they've got, that we've all got traits or barriers or habits yeah. that we need to break, which is normally our own personal barriers that we've got to get out of our own way, as you said there, Chris, yeah. that we need to learn. I'm a big believer that you can teach, still teach your martial arts. You don't have to sell it out. You don't have to start doing like crazy new, like massive moves and stuff that make no reference to martial arts whatsoever. You just need to teach your martial arts. But what you need to do, all you need to do is become a black bat in business. And what I try and teach all the time, and I hope I can help the viewers here understand this, is you just need to learn how to market your business you just need to learn about customer service. Mm. You just need to learn how to systemize it. You need to learn how to get out your own way. You need to learn how to develop yourself personally. You need to learn then how to work on it rather than in the business all the time. And you need to learn how to inspire others along the way to build great instructors, great staff, etc. Now, that sounds really easy. But obviously, there's a lot, lot of things because a lot of martial artists have big control issues. Yeah. And that's because it's not an issue, really. It's just that's what we were taught. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. In your martial arts, you're taught, right, it's just you. Control your body and mind, you know. This is what we're taught. So when it comes to business, it's completely flip it over. You've got to lose the control because you've got to inspire others. You've got to to put your white bat on again to learn how to market. You've got to learn how about business. And this is the thing that most instructors don't get, which I'm so passionate about when I talk, is – I believe in this industry like you won't believe. For me, my mission is to help change this industry. It's to help elevate it to where it should be. It should be the number one activity, the number one thing on people's minds in the UK, around the world, okay, for their kids and for themselves, for personal development. I don't think there's any instructor that would doubt that. We are the number one. The public don't believe it, though. And the reason for that is our standards are low because we don't treat it like a business. We treat it like a hobby. Mm. Now, you don't, have, you don't have to. When people say hobby, etc., or should I say, when they say business, they say, oh, no, I don't want it to be a business. You charge for it. It's a business. End of story. But you don't have to change 
what you teach. It is complete delusion when you think, oh, okay, I, you know, I, I have to change my style of teaching. You don't. You just need to learn about the business. And in fact, when you learn about the business side, you can maintain the quality standards. I mean, we have a great standard at our school. You know, we have a separate fight squad that's closed door. You know, it's really hardcore. Our black belt gradings are 25 hour long. Mm. You know, we have a high standard. You know, so you don't have to sell out and you can have a 400 plus member school. You absolutely can. Is it harder to do than sell out and high five everyone that comes through the door? You're damn right it's harder. Mm. Okay, it's easy to be lazy and give people everything they want and say you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, and leave them in the mess rather than praise correct, praise correct, discipline when they need to be disciplined and not give away bouts every five minutes. Of course, it's easy <laughs> to do that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about building solid foundations for martial arts, solid foundations for your business, and that is absolutely imperative for your school for your life because i know lots of martial arts school owners lots of them lots of them are um you know they want to keep their arts alive don't they uh, you know lots of them want to keep their arts alive so you have this thing you can you can have there are different like coaching practices where you can go and learn a system which i think you're talking about there chris mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want no. you can go and earn you know yeah can you earn more money sometimes doing it that way of course because yep. It's just more a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just more business only. We're talking about having a great mix of martial arts and business. And my call out to Mo is is I want to help educate the great martial artists in this world who want to maintain that but want to teach, you know, want to teach as many people as they can, serve their community with the great martial arts. And my biggest vision is to keep the arts alive, Chris. Yeah. Because I do believe in this world of evolution, in the fast-paced world we live in, if the martial artists, the real martial artists, do not step up and do not learn about the business side, they're going to get blown out of the water. Yeah. The arts will be diluted with this absolute mess of uh, pretend martial arts, and then everyone starts moaning. So, and I, I'll say this quite bluntly: yeah. you know, the old school martial artists are the problem because they they've got to get out their own way, Abs- yeah. and they've got to learn this stuff to keep our arts alive. I truly believe that. Absolutely. And now, uh, for everybody out there that's listening, I'm sure you can hear Gordon's passion, um, and that passion relates in, uh, sorry, translates into, translated into hard work equals massive success. Now, each, each week when I have a guest on, I make a list before we do the show of all the different things that they're involved in. Um, Gordon's list actually required two pages. Um, so I just <laughs> wanted to just quickly share some of the things that I wrote down so people can get an idea. <clears throat> um, so I list on here, uh, world champion martial artist, successful school owner, business coach, speaker, author, tournament promoter, uh, martial arts business um, extreme uh, event host, uh, podcast host, marketing expert, and then I put at the bottom, top bloke who's also learning to fly. <laughs> Somewhere in there, and all of that, he's finding time to learn to fly. Which, yes. I mean, that is just, I mean, I feel sometimes that I'm having a busy day, but that all, all of that... Yeah. Um, I mean, you you must. Wow. I don't know. I honestly don't know how you do it because um, all of that there is just it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is, and and I I actually have a lot of questions um, with that. And and bear in mind, you know, I'm I I'm autistic, so I have mm. a lot of lot of mad traits. I'm not very. I'm not specific. Not 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 particularly organised. I have my own world that I'm in. You know, I leave the the bath on i leave the keys everywhere i lose my keys i lose my wallet i lose i lose money i lost 500 pounds the other month just oh, no. lost you know that's the kind of quirky thing you know so 
But when it comes to one of the, the things that I think, again, it's on my journey, you know, I used to have massive control problems. You know, I really did. I used to be in my own way. I used to think no one could do it as good as me. You know, building my school, even over that 10-year period, you know, I'm an honest person. Even when I had the coach, you know, one of the barriers I had for so many of them that, you know, over the last sort of 10, 11 years was I thought that I was the only one who could do it. I used to have control, you know, like I used to want to control everything. Oh, I never yeah. managed people well enough until I had a switch where I actually, I really did have a switch. Um, you know, one of, a great book for you all to read is Life Leverage. Absolutely. Every school owner should read Life Leverage. It's an amazing book on leveraging lifestyle. It transformed the way I think about time. It allowed me to start thinking differently and actually start outsourcing. Because here's the thing. I, one of the biggest barriers for martial arts school owners is, is I don't have enough money. So they'll go, oh, I haven't got enough money to do courses and I haven't got enough money to have a coach. I haven't got enough money to get staff. I haven't got enough money, which is a delusion because all of them things will help you grow. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so, and that's where I was. You know, I absolutely was there. So my, one of my big things, challenges was staff, like no one could do as good as me. And one of the big things was I didn't have the money. I told myself I didn't have the money for staff. Now I have a staff bill of eight, nine thousand pounds a month. Mm -hmm. That's my staff bill over my two businesses, which is quite high, isn't it? You know, so but the reason I have that is because it helps you leverage your time. You know, it helps you do more. So I don't I, I look at this and I'd like to give this as a bit of content for you here. And um, we have. Um, are, are you still there, Chris? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening. I'm taking it all in. <laughs> um, I, I taught, you know, I, I was taught this and I want to share this with you. Ten pound tasks. So anything that is a ten pound task, for instance, you don't do. So how much? Here's a great thing to look at. What is your hourly worth? So. What is an hour of your time worth? So what would you charge for a private class? Now, most people between 20 and 40 pounds. So let's say it's 30 pounds. Everything that is below, that you could pay someone else to do for 30 pounds, you don't do. So I don't do the garden. I don't do the, I don't do the, um, I don't, we don't clean the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't do, I don't do my diary entries because that's a 10 pound. I don't do any of the things that are 10 pound tasks. Does that oh, make yeah, sense? So you. Yeah, yeah. So, so you outsource anything so your self-worth goes up. So I used to have so, – so anything below that and what you could earn for that hour, you outsource it. Now you can leverage your time more. But most people's delusion is they look at staff or any outsourcing as an expense where they've got to flip it round as, as an asset, mm. an asset staff people to help you on an asset because two people are better than one five people are better than one they give you more leverage so the reason i can get to do what i do is is over is what i've done is i leverage it out so when i get money when I, the money i earn i don't just spend it on stuff yeah. you know i've got a nice couple of nice cars got a nice house but i always reinvest it in stuff i'm always looking now who can help me on my journey and it's absolutely help me become the person I am today and continue to do so and do all the things because like for instance I've got a podcast coming out yep. but my podcast isn't me like doing all the podcast I do the content and it's literally just emailed and I've got a team who do it for me does that make so that's how yeah. I can do a podcast that's how I can do you know my courses my when I go to do my courses in my facility I've got other people setting it all up for me ordering everything so I'm not doing it I just provide the content for the courses and I deliver so it's working out your self-worth, where your highest delivery is, what your, what your hourly worth is, and then outsource the rest. It's an amazing thing to do in your business. And you can start small. 
So you can start small, get your confidence and build up. So within staffing or outsourcing, you don't need to be thinking 40 hours. It can be a couple of hours a week, three, four hours a week. And what you'll find is when you do that and you find the right people and that takes time as well. Mm. Once you do that, you're starting to leverage time now. You know, you've got three or four people doing stuff at the same time and getting you to where you need to get to. And that's how you do. I don't you know. I'm not superhuman. I have eight hours sleep every night. You know, <laughs> I still get time to meditate in the mornings. I get time to run in the mornings. I come home. I do a lot of personal coaching. I do live videos. I do podcasts. I do content creation. I teach classes. You know, I, I go flying. Which is kind of cool. Uh, and I, I get to do the things that I want to do. But I, I don't want people to think that I, in any way I'm superhuman. Uh, absolutely anyone could do the same thing. But it's just what, what you want in life. Understanding what you want in life. One of the big things for me now is freedom to do what I love. Yeah. So people ask me many times, like, why are you so happy? Why are you so bubbly? Why are you so buzzing? It's very, very simple. I only do the things I love and I outsource everything else. I mean, why wouldn't you be happy if you're doing the things you absolutely love mm. and love everything it. else love is it. outsourced? Everything else. So you'll find people who love admin. I hate admin. Find someone who loves admin. Find someone who absolutely has OCD and loves cleaning. Find someone who loves the gardening. Find these people. So if you've got anything that wears you down or is a 10-pound task, you know, you need to look at that in your – but this is all about not just business. This is called lifestyle because it comes back to some of my key – you know, my core values in life is I believe we need to live a life in abundance now. I believe we should be living heaven on earth. I think we should be living, you know, being happy in what we have. And you'll hear me many times um, in, in some of the posts I put up, Chris, and yeah. I, I always talk about, you know, you'll never be more happier than you are right now. Life is happy. We, we are here now. We're living right now. And I see so many school owners, business people, just people in general. They're not enjoying their life. They're not. They, 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 they're walking around like they're dead. They, yeah. you know, they're so. They look. They look depressed. They look moody. They, they're not happy. And it's because they're doing the things they don't want to do. They're not living the lifestyle. But I'm here to challenge that thinking that you chose it and you can and if that and by the way some people will go oh i didn't choose it i've got this listen when you can look at that you chose the path that's an amazing thing because that's where your power is because most people don't realize the power of choice is the is the is the one thing that is the most powerful for humans we are the only species on the planet that has the power to choose and choice is your power so wow. choose to live the lifestyle you want that's choose to live Live where you, this is what it's all about. You have the choice. So go and choose to live it now. Choose to be happy. Choose to choose to live what you choose the job you want. Choose to what you know, choose not to do the gardening. Choose to fly. Choose to do what you want. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and and you know, many people will look at it and listen to this and make it's all right for you because now you've got this. But they've got to remember the journey yeah, I've been on absolutely. and the choices I've made. And I think that's really, really important. I really hope that's inspired some of you. Yeah. Because you can live a lifestyle. You can, and I think more than just building a martial arts school, you know, you're already doing that. You're already teaching. You're, you're doing what you love. But there's also a life to be had as well, and I think it's really important. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to touch really briefly, because I know your time is short, but um, on some of, the, some of the things that I listed in that list that I read yep. out to you, um, obviously one of the things in there was um, an author. You've, I, I actually have your book in my hand right now. I'm looking at it. The Business of Martial Arts, Master Your Business and Master Your Life, um, which... I've I've bought plenty of books in my time. Well, I'm not, not. I don't want to exaggerate it. I bought a lot of books on martial arts yeah. in my time, um, and this for me is gold dust. This is just 
amazing. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to oversell it just because you're on the podcast, but this, this for me has been one of the best purchases I've made in the last ten years. Um, wow. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you how you, how did you come to what, 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 what made you think? Oh, actually, I quite fancy writing a book because I, I, I cannot imagine myself ever sitting down and one day going, I'm going to write a book. Well, what's, what's interesting, Chris, is I never thought I'd buy a book either. Yeah. So, so I never thought I would. Um, but what I did like about it was that um, that you can leave a legacy mm. and you can leave your imprint on the world and you can actually help many people through a book. So it was one of them things I thought about it for uh, probably three years. And then I remember saying, right, I remember, and it was on holiday. I was on holiday, as I am. I don't just sit there. I started writing this book on, on martial arts business. And it kind of grew from there, but I left it. I left it kind of dormant for about twelve months, and then I went on. Um, I got you know, there's a guy called Rob Moore. He's an amazing. He's part yeah. of disruptive entrepreneur. He's an amazing guy, multi, multi, multi millionaire from property and he's, he's disruptive entrepreneur stuff. He's an amazing guy, real, real top level. And I went, I, I went on um, a book writing boot camp with him, and we wrote our book together. I finished it off, and the reason. You know, and, and it's very difficult when you write a book because I'm very like uh, to, to for me to write a book. If I can do it, any of you guys can write a book, by the way, because if I can, do it, I'm the most impatient person you'll ever come across because I'm always going. But I managed to write the book, get it out there, get it out of my head. And, and I was like, I was really worried how it would go, mm. because when you're writing your book, you're always critical a little bit. Like, yeah. So it's like anything you like. You can be we can be a little bit self-critical. So I thought, well, will they enjoy that? Um, but it's been absolutely phenomenal, like the feedback that we're getting. I mean, there's many people who don't review it, but I get messages from them all the time saying like how much it's transformed them, their thinking, their mindset. And I wanted to give kind of a blueprint to building a martial arts school that was people could reference back to time and time again. Yeah. And that's why it's written in the way it's written, in sections that it's written in. Um, and, but I didn't want it just to be that like, I do this and this. I wanted the mindset stuff to be in there, the journey, the personal journey, talking about the instructor and how we get in our own way, as you know. Mm. But really giving them a nice blueprint to get any instructor. So if they are if they have a student wanting to uh, want, uh, on their way to becoming a black belt, if they're a black belt or they're an instructor or an established school, it's for everyone. And that's what I wrote it for. It was, it was written for everyone mm. who wants to or is building a martial arts school. And, and I'm very, very proud of it. Um, it it's, it's, it's one of my most favorite accomplishments in life, I think, is writing my Fantastic. book. Fantastic. And then not, not, <laughs> not being content in the knowledge that you've written a book, you also then went on to record it in audio as well. <laughs> Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, which is great. Which is great for me. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stereotype martial artists, but I definitely find it easy to listen to things and read things. <laughs> sure, and I think I do as well. And the reason I did the audio was because I listen to a lot of audio books. Yeah. And by the way, if you're listening to this, guys, education is king. Like, but education and application, like learning. It should be part of your makeup every day, whether that's personal development or on business. You should be listening every day at least 30 minutes mm. to, <clears throat> excuse me, to podcasts, to audio books or reading the book physically. Because I think there's a mix of both, which is important. Mm. And, and you should be educating your mind. You should be immersing like loads of people train their bodies, but they forget about the most important 
parts is their brain we need to educate that because it can be educated with negativity in society so much you know if you look around you so many negative people negativity on the tv negativity you can't walk past any store without seeing a newspaper headline pop out on purpose so that's negative yeah so all this negativity is going in we must re-empower our mind and educate it in a different way and that will absolutely serve you you know i one of the great quotes i want to share with you is Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. I think it's such an empowering quote that was from Jim Rose. Amazing. And I think it's so important. So absolutely, audio books are really powerful because you can leverage your time. So you could be running. I go to the gym, listen to my audio. If I'm driving my car, I'm listening to my audio. You know, that's what's great about audios. And that's why why I I actually went and did the book. So I, I surveyed the community and the majority of them said, yeah, it's important that you read it. So for two days, I immersed myself in reading my own book, which is quite cool because that's the first time I've read the, my own book. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and um, also as well, at, at the moment, you've just had a, a martial arts app that's just released. I've actually mentioned it a few times on the podcast sure. previously. Um, really interesting idea. I've been, I, I have a click through most days. I actually use it to uh, get some of, <laughs> to get some of my news <laughs> yeah, okay. to, for the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, no problem. What, I was yeah. wondering what your thinking was behind that and how that first came to, to mind. Yeah. I mean, for me, I thought, I, I, th- I mean, we've only done a soft launch. We're, we're going to go big on this. Yeah. You know, we are going to go big because the reason we did a soft launch is because we're getting it, you know, they just, we've just revamped now the look and the feel of it, which I think is so much better. I wanted to make sure I'm happy with it. We've got some soft soft launches with people just putting in their club listings. Mm. My idea is always I want to give back to this industry. Mm. I absolutely love this industry because of what it's done for me. And I want to bring us together. And I always felt that we've got the social media channels, but an app that is just for martial artists where you can go to any style. Mm. You can go in and that, that the, the news feed, the social news feed will be for that specific style. That, that specific style. You can learn content. You can learn online courses i mean the app's gonna be amazing for that because you can literally people can actually will be able to buy licenses on the app but they'll be able to run their own courses online and sell it to the public or or, or students online to have a resource you know they've got the right books and stuff so it's just an online it's just a platform where martial artists can converge on the social social media feed they can just deal with either karate or kickboxing or whatever it is or they can go on as as a whole of martial arts they can learn. They can be uh, listening to podcasts like yours mm. there, Chris. You know, so, so it's basically <laughs> a resource in one area, not just for one style, but for the martial arts as a general thing. And just for not just for instructors, but for students. And what a phenomenal thing to have for free. Yeah. That you can download and just, you know, immerse yourself in. So it's relatively, in its, I mean, the app itself is really well developed, but it's in an early stage of pushing it out there. Mm. So I definitely advise you um, to download that, the martial app, martial arts app, um, and um, to get it downloaded because there's some cool things coming. There is, absolutely. Cool. Um, so just to round things out, because again, I know and I appreciate your time, because as I've already stated from this huge list I read out, you're a very busy guy. Um, where is the best place for people to go to connect, to find out more about what you do? Um, what's the best option there? Yeah, sure. So, so you can. There's. Uh, I'm obviously on social media. You can get on my social media pages. I mean, well, the, if you're a martial arts school owner, definitely visit our group, Martial Arts Business Mastery Community. Mm. That's Martial Arts Business Mastery Community. Um, we are there to serve and help martial arts school owners grow their schools. So that's an amazing community. You will have to answer some of the questions, so we know that you're a legitimate school. 
Um, but it's an amazing resource. You can also grab me on uh, LinkedIn, Gordon Bircham. Uh, you can link, grab me on there. I'm, very, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work on LinkedIn at the moment. Um, you'll see me on there. I'm on my Facebook page at Gordon Bircham. And, um, and also our business mastery page, uh, Marsh That's Business Mastery, which is our Facebook page. So I'm always contactable. I'll help you where I can. Um, always, uh, you know, uh, we've got I've got the new podcast coming out very very soon. Yeah, it's actually launching. I don't know when this is going, but it's actually launching on June the twenty fourth. Okay. So Sunday, June the twenty fourth, the launch date will be at nine a.m. in the morning. We're releasing the podcast, and it's going to be a podcast um, that is going to be all about. Building your master at school, um, uh, interviewing school owners where they're at, where the challenges are being, etc. Um, we're going to be bringing people from across the pond as well on the podcast. Fantastic. We've just got some amazing things here with the Master's Business Podcast. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so so much for your time today. It's been really appreciated. It's probably been the easiest interview I've ever had to do because um, I've just fired a question and then let you go <laughs> which is a learning lesson I've learned a lot from it and I'm sure the listeners have too so again thank you very much for your time um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and weekend and whatever you've awesome. got planned I'm sure you'll be, you flying today is it today? Okay, yeah I'll be flying today I'm flying it's Thursday flying Thursday so the sun is out <laughs> I'm going to be up like last well last week I did an approach landing wow. so hopefully I've got some more stuff on on the horizon uh, pardon the pun and um, so i'm looking forward to that today so yeah that's me, that's my time flying i'm really looking forward to that fantastic oh thank you very much gordon and we'll speak soon thank you very much take care you're listening to kick back with chris the martial arts podcast brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk okay so big thank you to gordon for what is probably as i mentioned there one of the easiest interviews i've ever had to do that was just uh the information on there, guys, that is uh, it's gold dust, you know. So come back to that time and time again to take it in. You can revisit that one several times over. Um, so moving on to other news. Now, last week we had Mr. Neil Kirkland on from the Adaptive Martial Arts Group. Um, and during his interview, I'm sure you remember, he mentioned um, that he would be doing a weigh-in at the Kaizen show that happened last Saturday. Um, now, Neil had been um, losing weight, obviously for, for for himself personally as well, but also to raise money for uh, Mr. Tony Pillage and, and his uh, cancer treatment that he's got going on at the moment. Um, and I'm very, very pleased to say that, that Neil did actually meet his target of uh, losing a stone. He actually lo- lost just over a stone. Um, which is a fantastic achievement uh, and he's obviously since gone on to to post that he continues to uh, his aim is to continue to lose weight and actually shift another stone as well so um, fantastic work sir um, and keep us all updated and I'll and I'll obviously I will I'll pass on the news as and when uh, it happens um, today actually interesting just as I was coming on to uh, interview uh, Gordon, um, somebody I've known in the industry for a long time, a, a fantastic martial artist, um, filmmaker uh, and stunt coordinator by the name of Jude Poyer, um, launched a short film. Uh, it's, it's sort of a, a homage to the um, the old Kung Fu films, in particular sort of Drunken Master, uh, but the the film itself is, or the short film is called uh, Drug Den Master. Uh, so I'm sure, as you can already tell from the, the title, it's a, a comedy-based martial arts short, um, again, in homage to the uh, to the old seventies kung fu films, um, it's fantastic fun with some great action in there. So please, please do go and check that out. Uh, that I'll put the links in the show notes and um, and obviously get sharing that on social media. So on to next week's episode. Um, we will be featuring um, a friend of mine uh, from the industry over. I'm trying to remember how long it is now. Um, 
It's well over 10 years. It's probably more, actually. Um, but a fantastic martial artist, filmmaker, producer, um, actor by the name of uh, Mark Strange. Um, I've had the privilege of working with him now on, I believe it is three films. It might be more. Um, but yeah, fantastic martial artist, really nice guy. Um, and somebody I felt that would be cool to get onto to, to discuss all things sort of film work, martial arts based. Um, and so it, between now and then, if you have any questions for Mark, if you please do get in touch with us uh, via our website at uh, kickbackpodcast.com or, or you can obviously get us on uh, the Facebook group or my personal group. Send me a, a message over and I'll put those questions to Mark next week. Um, so thanks for your time, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm sure you really did. Lots to take in uh, from our interview with Gordon. Um, and I'll catch you all next week. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today.